0: Alright, welcome everybody back to the Basin Binge. Um, my name is Harrison, I'm by myself again. This episode, well, well first off, I hope you guys have been enjoying the amount of episodes you had this week with Avengers Endgame, 1917, Spider-Man Far From Home, and now Mad Max Fury Road, and then Monday you're going to get an Avatar episode. Um, so yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. If you're a long time listener, this was one of the first movies we ever reviewed here at the basement it was like the second or third I think if I'm remembering right I should have checked before but I I, I wanted to do a re-review uh, I've been wanting to watch this movie again because it's its five year anniversary uh, just a few days ago it was and it's a movie that I love that I think about frequently that I contemplate frequently but also I just love watching it's, it's my all time favorite movie I think it's the greatest movie ever made and ever since we recorded that podcast, I have been unsatisfied with what I had to say and how unprepared I was to talk about it. Um, so yeah, here's a re-review. It's just me. It's just a solo episode. Um, if you guys like these episodes, let us know. Get in contact with us anyway. Tweet us, Instagram, Facebook, comment, whatever. We're in all the places. If you are liking these episodes, we'll keep making more. But also if you do... We'd love if you check out our Patreon. We have a bunch of solo spoiler wall episodes over there, in addition to a bunch of other great things that you guys can get from us. So, yeah, patreon.com slash Basement We, Of course, in the show notes. Anyway, on to the show. So, we will start with two cents. My own two cents here. I get two minutes um, to give you my spoiler-free reactions to the movie and just kind of regurgitate how I feel uh, for two minutes. So, I got to get my timer pulled up here. And... We're off to the races. So, like I said, I've been very unsatisfied with what I had to say about this movie the first time going around because it's a movie that I watch, and, and more. I do this with about every movie, but more so than anything else, I watch and then I have to sit there and I, I think about it, and I have to come to terms with what I'm thinking about and understand what I'm thinking about and and grip it. And it, it's a movie that pulls at my emotions. Um, and that may not be the same for everyone who watches it, but I will say this is the greatest action movie ever made. No, what, no no, matter what you think about this movie, whether it's the greatest movie ever made of all time, it is the greatest action movie ever made, um, especially of the last decade, without a doubt. Oh my gosh, the action in it. How is everyone involved in making this not dead? <laughs> Seriously, the the just the amount of teal and orange explosions you get all over this desert with practical effects and real cars flipping i mean it's just like i mean it makes you just want to. it's like the most adrenaline pumping as the movie says high octane movie ever the action is sweet um but more so than that especially what i want to talk about this review is what it makes me feel and what it makes me think um and and not understand about myself and about the film in general it it leaves me contemplating where I stand in my fight against injustice, but also where I stand in my own journey on this wasteland that we're all on. And that's weird to say about just a movie that you think is just a great action movie, one long chase because that's really what it is. But, but George Miller crafts so much into a chase scene, and it is packed in what it makes me feel and what it makes me think about. And I was unprepared to talk about it, because I didn't give my chance to think about it. So we just had to sit down and record the episode, and I was unprepared. So I've been wanting to get back to it because everybody needs to go watch this. What I recommend is this movie, hands down, uh, everyone needs to go watch it. First off, just because it's great action. Like, there's my two minutes, but like just phenomenal, phenomenal action to watch. Like, it just looks great. It's a ton of fun to watch. Um, my wife, she had to like keep interrupting me to get things while I was watching it. On my laptop with my headphones and I was like leaned so far in and she'd like tap my shoulder and I'd like jump to the moon because it scared me so much because you're just like so engrossed in the intensity and the action and the action is so well made and so well edited and so well cut and it it makes it an amazing movie to watch but again there's so much more so that was way longer than two minutes but spoiler free thoughts about it yes I definitely recommend it um if you have not seen this movie um we're going to drop the spoiler, I'm going to start talking about spoilers, but I mean it's a movie that, honestly, like spoilers aren't a huge deal. If you're interested in what I have to say and just think if you would like it all, feel free to continue. But if you're a little leery about spoilers, you want to go watch it, stop right here at the end the spoiler wall, we appreciate it. If you guys are new here um, to the Basement Binge, well definitely subscribe, we've been cranking out a ton of episodes. We just finished the MCU, so it's going to open up our freedom to explore a lot of other things here, which we're excited about and the MCU was a ton of fun, but we're going to move on to other things. Anyway, back to the topic at hand of Mad Max Fury Road with the, our next segment here called Pick Your Poison. So here at the Basement Binge is our personal rating scale that we've come up with. Uh, so it's up into four parts, all based off how we would re-watch the movie. If not, the first and worst rating you could give it is never watch again. Right above that is to stream. If it was on a streaming service, you subscribe to and... you it's the mindset of needing something to watch or wanting something to watch when you don't really have anything picked out, and you're just kind of mindlessly scrolling, waiting for something to just pop on you. So there's that stream. Right above that is to rent. You'd be willing to pay a few dollars to watch this movie. It is worth the price too, but just a few bucks. And then is buy. That's at the top of the list. Is you would buy this movie no matter what the price and you're going to rewatch a bunch the price is worth it because of how many times you're going to rewatch it so myself if this is not already obvious from what I said and how I've talked about this movie before definite buy I bought this movie twice now I bought it once digitally the first time I watched it and then I wanted to get the black and chrome version so I bought like the two disc blu-ray version which is if you have not seen the black and chrome version and you're a fan of this movie watch it immediately such a different experience Um, again phenomenal so Take your poison, easy, it's a buy. So moving on, binge points. So here at The Basement Binge, binge points are little Easter eggs of details, things we notice in the movie that aren't super, well, I shouldn't say important, super consequential, but just fun to notice and pick up on the movie. And, man, this movie is full of them, but in such a different way. Um, This really started when we were talking about, like, the MCU and what we've been doing there, you know, movies where there's Easter eggs and callbacks to previous movies and everything that the, series and franchise has been going through and this movie doesn't do that i mean i haven't even seen the other mad max movies and i know i'll get to it they're on my list trust me but you you don't need to see them to understand this movie like this can completely stand on its own and there's just so much in this movie to just try and understand like the religious aspect of it and and like like the made-up religion like how the war boys chant V8 all the time and how they hold up their hands in a V8 and, like, kind of, like, bow in reverence towards Morton Joe and, like, religion isn't the right word, but more of just, like, cultist, cult cultish, like, dictator-type worship, um, the way they scream witness and their belief in Valhalla that they'll be shiny and chrome and rise again, you know, to the the things that they come up with, like, calling the doctor the organic mechanic to the term blood bag, high-octane blood, um, raving feral, fang it. Um, You know, all these things are just thrown in the movie that just add to the world and the feeling of it being lived in. Um, I'm going to link in the show notes this New York Times article that was released really recently with the five-year anniversary. Um, It's an oral history where this interviewer talked to different cast members and the director and different crew members about what it was like to make this movie. And you can see how much work George and the writers put into each little character. I mean the the wives in this movie who are, you know, concubines, you know, just breeders as they're called in the movie. How they they brought in like some playwriter who'd been writing a play about sex trafficking and things like that and like helped them understand what it would be like to actually be a a breeder and had them like write letters to their captive or their capture and, and things like that like the amount of work that just went in to creating a world and characters that are real and lived in is incredible and it definitely pays off and and how things turned out on the set with kind of the feud between Tom Hardy and um Charlize Theron and and like how that creates the characters i don't think that the world this movie could have come together without everything that happened behind the scenes under George's direction I mean, he's just a phenomenal director, um, but other than that, I mean, more, less serious bench points is a way that M- Max has, like, a bad haircut, and, like, around his ears, there's still a little bit of long hair, it's not quite buzz cut perfect, the way he, like, t- everything he can possibly find, he's always storing with him in some way that he might use later, how he's drawing a map that, when you look at him, it absolutely makes no sense to, like, what the heck are those? People with the crows walking around in the marsh on those stilts, like what the heck is that? The, the way that like every single car is tra- like trapped in the eighties. I mean, the the original Mad Max movies were released in the eighties, and this is the world that it lives in. It's a revisit to this world, and not a single car. In this movie is a car that's made after like 1980-something. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. To the way that... And I should have looked up the name. I'm sorry I'm unprepared. But particularly in Morton Joe's car. Like the particular model he has is like the triple-decker version of it. That like has a super wide wheels. Not the monster truck one that he rolls. But the other one that they make it back to the the Citadel in. Like that was like some car that even back then was kind of... And especially now with how old it is. Is kind of just like this impossible car to find. was kind of the car of like a status and how not only does he have one but he's got three and they're all like welded together and like, I mean like little details the real world things apply in the movie I, I don't know it's incredible um on top of that they flipped a semi like realistically practically flipped a semi with a cannon on the side of it like they, they flipped a semi for a movie. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's phenomenal. Um, on top of that, Junkie XL's score. Oh my gosh. This was the movie. Well, actually, I'll take that back. Alita Battle Angel is the one that introduced me into Junkie XL. And then I was listening to his music and I was like, wait, he's the one who did the score for Mad Max? And then I like fell in love with it again. So, yeah, Junkie XL score, particularly the song Brothers in Arms. Oh my gosh. Ph- phenomenal score, one of the best ever. Um, the sound design in this movie is incredible. You think about like the scene where Max has a chain and he goes and get, f- sees the wives for the first time with the water and like just the sound design of like the way he waves the shotgun and the chain moves and like the sand. Oh my gosh, the, the amount of work that went into sound engineering and sound design for this film. Phenomenal. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on the bench points. They're fun. This movie's a lot of fun with the bench points, but uh, th- there's just so much to like try and understand and try and notice in the movie um, and it's been a long time since I watched like the special features and listened to George talk about the movie but hearing him talking about it and, like the love and difficulty and process that it went into building practical cars and creating a movie out of storyboards instead of a script to like the production difficulties to uh, choosing his wife to edit this movie and her responding saying like, well, I'm not, a uh, I've never edited an action movie. And he chose her because he didn't want it to be like other action movies. And then she wins an Oscar. Like, Oh, I just, again, I'm going to tell you guys, to will read that New York times article, the oral history. It's linked in the show notes, but Holy moly. It, it increased my appreciation of this movie even more. Um, especially around its five year anniversary. I can't believe this movie was made five years ago. Like, man, that's been a long time. Anyway, that's kind of the end of the binge points here. It's like, it's so different. I'm not used to this um, being by myself. It's interesting. So, yeah. Anyway, on to the next segment. Least and likes. Uh, so here at the basement binge, we like to keep things positive. We have a least favorite scene and a favorite scene. So, um, least favorite scene, cop out, don't have one. There's not a single part of this movie where I'm like, oh, I don't like this. And it's funny, I had one going into it this time, that in Morton Joe's mask, like the teeth thing that he breathes in through, it's always shut. Like the mouth never opens except for one scene. And I was always like, why does it open in that scene and not the others? And like the most inconsequential, insignificant thing that probably have never even noticed before, but it like always bothered me. And then this time I realized that, like, I know that George is just too good of director to let something like that slip. I have so much faith in George Miller, if that's not obvious already. Um, and the one scene where it is is when uh, he runs over um, Splendid, I forget her real name, and is like in anguish and is carrying her lame body there. And it's like, wow, a detail that I never noticed before. Like the one scene where his mouth is like open and screaming in anguish and not covered up is is one of pa- like pain and emotion and is evil and corrupt as it is um, so anyway on to likes because uh, I don't really have a least favorite scene I mean then my one complaint going to it was changed in this movie so likes wow I could can I just say the whole movie is my favorite if not already I'm making that clear um, but if I were to pick one especially this time it would have to be the scene where they pull up where Fury, they're in the canyon and Furiosa has that deal with that the people on the bikes and then there's the war parties following them and the scene where the bikes are chasing down the canyon cliffs and jumping over them—so that's the scene where brothers in arms plays—and it is just the perfect. It is just the perfect combination of every creative force in the film. You have junkies, junkie XL scores matching the action perfectly. You have incredible, incredible stuntmen and practical effects and flames and explosions and and you have incredible directing and visual storytelling and exposition going on from the way that Furiosa gives Splendid the gun to reload and then she can't so then she feels like she has to do more so then she stands in front of Joe and then her legs bleeding so then she's like anxious to cut the chain and help and participate because she feels guilty for not loading the gun and then she falls and slips on her own blood but then she catches herself or she almost hits a rock but then catches herself and then falls and slips on her own blood that was there from her staying there earlier but and then she catches the door but the door's broken like not a single word is said but you understand all of this character development and the visual storytelling in a way that's phenomenal so it's like one of the moments in the in the film where i really feel like all of the creative forces behind a a, a film from acting to stunts practical effects set design production design uh, sc- film scoring, directing, cinematography, acting like everything combines perfectly in that moment and is such an intex- intense action moment that's just sweet to watch. Like, there's bikes jumping over a semi truck and drop bombs on it, and like it is intense. But what it adds to the characters and the story, and how it's told so visually and so perfectly in like a matter of seconds, um, is very, very impressive and it's just fun to watch. I love watching that scene, it's just a perfect combination of everything. Um, My other like that I was going to add is I just love how everything is practical, how they went through all this work to actually build these cars. But even like the in-world stuff, like, oh, you want to have like a guitar riffing like crazy in your chasings and crazy drums? All right, we'll build a huge truck that's got these drummers on this back and the guys with a guitar just wailing on this. Also got a flamethrower. Like, what the heck? Like, I don't know. Things like that are just so fun and I, I love this movie for it. So finally moving very, very quickly through this episode to Fall In. And this is really why I wanted to revisit this movie, is because I what have to say here. So Fall In, what it is is here, the basement binge. We like to watch a movie and talk about all these fun things, pick your poison binge points, whatever Leeson likes. But then we like to have a serious discussion and conversation about themes or messages or something in the movie that impacted us and how it is going to impact our life and try to help us be a better individual. And that reason alone um, is why I wanted to revisit this movie and re-review it. Uh, this movie was kind of the first one that, in a lasting way, definitely other movies that did that, especially my, when I was in film school, sadly not anymore, but in a lasting way where I continually came back and thought about it and thought about how to change my action based on it, is Mad Max, and I'm definitely not implementing my actions as good as I should based on my thoughts, but... Like I said, I at the beginning, I, I finished this movie and I'm left with so much that I don't understand and so much that I want explained to me. You know, from like what happened with the Green Place? Who are the many mothers? How did jo- Joe get Furiosa? How did she become the driver of the war rig? Like how did she break out the wives? Blah, 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 blah. Like who are those people with the crows walking on the stilts? Like what about Max? What about his flashbacks? Blah, 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 blah. Like on and on and on you know, what's going on with this talk of hope and redemption, and, like, what does that mean when Max says that hope isn't wor- worth it because you'll go insane if you... We, like, Like, I want these things to just be flat-out told-me. Like, I feel like every time I watch this, I'm, like, missing something. Like, almost like I jumped into a, a series at the end, and there's so many build-ups that I didn't understand. And so I, especially this time, made sure to check. And that's not the case. Like, this movie was meant to be a standalone. Like revisit to the world of Mad Max. It's not meant to build on anything. Everything you need to know is in this movie, and I know that George is smart enough to not. In and oh, let me, and I know that George is smart enough that everything is intentional. Like there's not a single thing that isn't without purpose. Um, let me. I know that George is smart enough to have intention for everything. There isn't a single thing that is without purpose. Everything's intentional. Um, And I think that the intention behind having so much unsaid is because our brain needs conclusion or closure and at least for me and I really experience that every time I watch this movie I like I want to read all these forums I, I it's almost like I want other people to do the thinking and the understanding and the concluding for me because I have so much that I don't understand and it lingers in my mind and I know that that is intentional I know that this is something that George wants us to continue to think about and not be able to move on from and not just because it has great action um, and that is part of it, but I forget that so quickly, I'm left wondering, and not just, I keep bringing up those silly people on stilts, because I have no idea what's going on there, but it's like, that's that's not what I think about, I think about how I feel, and how I don't know why I feel this way, and how to feel about how I feel, and what, what do I do because of that, and and I'm so grateful for an artist who does that, and and film isn't the only way to do that, and it's, I've had many different types of art impact me that way, and I'm grateful when they do Um, because it sticks with you, it lingers with you, and the things that you remember are the things that impact your experiences, change your mindset, and your mindset changes your actions. Um, I love the idea of hope and redemption in this film, and and there's a whole other episode that I could do about that. I I don't want to talk about that, because I specifically want to talk about what I have been thinking about this film, what type of conclusion I've come to, and I think it's around the discussion of what role we fi- we play in the fight against injustice. Max isn't some superhero. I mean, he's an incredibly capable person who is pivotal to the events that happen in this movie. But he's just an individual who is using his abilities the same way that everybody else is. Furiosa is doing what she can, of course she's going above and beyond to accomplish something and isn't that what we're all doing? aren't we all developing and striving to work towards an individual goal? uh Furiosa's obviously is very noble and Max has no part in this story he's only involved because he was a blood pack like he it was fate that just kind of brought him into this story he he wasn't seeking out anything. He was running for his life and then out of his control was forced into this horrible situation to be on the front of a car in a desert chase. And then from that, just continued to survive. And I think that that is really how we live our lives. And I'm kind of getting distracted here by things important. We live our lives surviving. Our our mind is built to survive and rewards us for survival actions. And of course, it's not to the extent that Max is. But we're all surviving. And there's circumstances that we can and can't control that impact our life and influences the places we end up, physically and otherwise. There are things that will happen in our life that will affect where we are in our life. And where we go from there is completely up to us. But ultimately, our survival instinct continues. We keep pressing forward, seeking to survive, just like Max. And there's an opportunity that each one of us have to be involved in a fight of injustice. And although that injustice may not be against us, although we may be slightly impacted by some other injustice or some other wrong and we have to move past and keep surviving, we will see injustice against others. And we can participate without reward, without purpose, but simply just to participate because we can. And we have capacities that can be of contribution to this. And and it doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter what we previously thought was right or wrong. But if we will open our eyes and understand that there is, in fact, injustice out there and realize how we may be wrong, like Nux, we too can add our abilities to this fight against injustice, although we may have been the ones unknowingly causing such injustice. I, I love how both Nux and Max give so much For something that really doesn't have to apply to them just because it's right versus wrong. And, you know, when we win, whatever that looks like, we are there to continue to survive until the next fight comes. Um, And I love that Max doesn't stay, that he leaves, that he's not some person who saves the world and is remembered. He's the idea of him is more than is remembered more than just him. Um, I love the quote at the end of the movie. That's just simply in white font against a black background in silence. Where must we go? We who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves. The first history, man. Uh, so that was a quote that was created again by George, obviously just for this movie. And I think about it frequently. Um, it gets me very, very emotional at the end of this movie. I know it's coming every time, and it just gets to me every time Um, because I don't know where to go, and we're all wandering through this wasteland in search of our better selves. We all wish and hope to be better, and um, I I don't know where to go, but I know that I am here and that in my wandering for survival that I will come across things that I can contribute to. And that will be enough. And my contributions may be lesser than others. And it is the united force of continuing to con of continuing to contribute, despite the odds we are against, that will allow us to progress in our fight against injustice. It's it's very simple. We just you know do what you can. Um, and, and I love what this film has to say about that in the fight of against injustice, um, particularly the injustices against gender. The injustices against opportunity, the injustices against uh, the objectica- objectification of women, the injustices involved in um, what's the word I'm searching for? Um, of uh, like capitalism and pride and greed and all of that. Um, and these are ideas that I will continue to think of as my silly brain tries to provide some closure to something that I will never be able to close. Um, There is not a closing page to the thoughts my mind produces about Mad Max Fury Road. And sometimes the thoughts are just, man, I love this action movie, I love the way that car looked when it blew up and how awesome, to thinking about where I stand in my wandering and what point in my survival I'm at. And is this a moment where I can contribute to the fight against injustice? And I'm grateful to again revisit a movie that I love so much um, but also that means so much to me personally um, so yeah everybody thanks for listening I I have a hard time ending these thoughts because I feel the lack of closure and conclusion as I talk and it makes me just want to keep thinking and keep discussing and on and on and just ramble and, and that's, that's not helpful I think it's good sometimes to just end a thought without understanding it so that's what I'm going to do. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Basement Binge. We appreciate it. Um, especially Monday, we're releasing our Avatar episode. Uh, tune into that. There's a lot more that I have to say about uh, what we can do in our fight against injustice. But just, yeah, I, I'll leave it at that. There's there's a, I haven't even watched Avatar yet, and I already know what I'm going to say about it because I'm excited for it. Jonathan from Limelight Highlight is joining us again. And I love what he's doing with kind of the positive news. Um, so anyway, I don't I don't want to spoil that. But subscribe for that episode. It will be coming out very soon. Um, like I said, if you like these solo episodes, let us know. Check out our Patreon. We've got more of those. I know particularly myself, I've cranked out a ton. And I'm trying to crank out more to get on there for you guys. I think we've already got like six episodes for you, extra episodes already. If you go sign up, you'll have access to them um, in addition to some free movies and other things and T-shirts we're giving away. So yeah, go check out that patreon.com slash basement binge of course in the show notes um if you guys like this episode i recommend checking out our contagion episode we did a little while ago also with jonathan from line light highlight that was the first time he was on a show i don't know why just on my mind so other than that thanks for listening i appreciate you guys um share this episode with anyone you think you could hear it who all loves the movie mad max who just loves movies in general loves movie podcast we'd really appreciate it if you guys could share the show um, we friends as we continu- continue to grow. Other than that, that's all there is for me about Mad Max Fury Road Re-Review. Once again, this is Harrison from The Basement Binge. Ciao, ciao.